Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best of the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And you are a flyer. This is what I love about you. This is what I admire about you. (laughs) We are talking about taking off guilt-free from the nest without anybody. Not your husband, not your kids, not your pets, not anybody. All by yourself. It's you do this beautifully. Such a great feeling. I love a trip. Listen, I love a little travel. I think COVID was very difficult and continues to be very difficult when it comes to traveling. That being said, a trip a few days away and particularly if it is away from my husband and children, who I love very, very much, (laughs) is like the most restorative thing that you can do. And listen, I know it takes time and it takes resources, but this trip in particular was quite reasonable because it cost me $11.20 to get on the airplane because I used miles. And I went to stay with my friend, Emily, who um, I worked with on Twin Cities Live for a decade. She is living in Florida. And so I flew into West Palm Beach. She picked me up at the airport, brought me to her home. I stayed there for free. The rates are very reasonable, free and breakfast (laughs) is included, which felt really great. And I just had a few days away. And it's interesting. It's sort of like... Marjorie, I feel this way about a girl's dinner and about a girl's trip pretty much equally, that a lot of times in my life, I haven't realized how badly I needed it until I was there and then I came back. Right. I, I I think that's true of most women when they're in the baby years in particular, is you get so focused on making sure everybody's okay and just sort of keeping the train running. Like you just got to keep it moving, just got to keep it moving that you forget about yourself. And it's almost cliche when we talk about this because there's so much about, you know, don't forget your me time. Don't forget all of that. And we said, we still do. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, I think that that's true. And, And one of the reasons I love that you do it is I was terrible at that. And I think ultimately I sort of paid a price for that. I was terrible at maintaining my long-distance girl friendships because mm-hmm. I had girlfriends all over the country, very dear friends. And I was terrible at maintaining those relationships on their own terms because I wouldn't go visit people because I always had a really hard time when the kids were little leaving them yeah. with anybody else. Yeah, But I, you do it so – Frequently. I like it. I think it's great. I know. Well, okay, here's the one thing I will say. And I don't even know if it's necessarily that, at least for me, that I forget about it. It's that it sometimes seems like more work than it's worth to go because it's so much work, like getting ready. You know, when you go on a trip with your your kids and your family, I mean – 
it's, it's a lot of work. And so I'm like arranging work. I'm arranging this. I'm figuring out the flights. I'm figuring out what to pack. I'm making sure like everything is settled back here. All that kind of stuff is Sometimes, I mean, there's a there's always a flash every time I leave. There's a flash of, I should just cancel this whole thing. I have like that just flash of feeling of like, I should just cancel this whole thing. This is going to be so much work. And then I'm always so happy that I went. I also find that for me and for my husband in particular, you know, when Jay leaves town, like I don't I don't text him a single question about what's happening with our home. Okay. Right. There's not a thing. Right. I mean, he was just gone for nine days. I did not text one time like, hey, what should I feed this child? Or where is this? Like that would never happen. When I leave, there are multiple messages like that, which to me is a reminder that I'm like, I'm enabling him too much. And like, this is ridiculous and I need to be more like figure it out. And then also it's a reminder to him of how much I do. And I think every time I leave, then when I come back, we end up having a little bit of a better balance of the home responsibilities because I realize again, I got to like let, I've got to let go and like make sure that like, you know, not just do it. And then he realizes, holy crap, she does so much stuff. I need to contribute a little bit more. I mean, even so far as to, we were then talking about doing a date night this weekend and he said, do you want me to take care of the babysitter? Cause we were just discussing like, what should we do? Oh, what that's night? awesome. And, and that becomes his instinct when it's practiced, like right. when it's right. practiced that you are the one that just has to take care of those things. Then I think it becomes your instinct to just assume or to ask or to like step up and do it instead of who is babysitting. It is, should I take care of the babysitter? You know, well, like it goes, it goes back to something we said on an earlier podcast when, when, when one would say, one partner or the other would say, oh, the garbage is full. Oh, God. It's like, don't say that. Just take, take out the garbage. Just do it. Just take it out. Just pick it up and take it out. <laughs> when I was, um, I, I really didn't when the kids are little, I think for most of our life when the children and the young men were living with us, Ian and I never took vacations by ourselves. We always brought the kids. Oh, and yeah. And that was more That's my all. doing yeah. than Ian's. I think Ian sometimes would have preferred that we just go just the two of us. For sure. But, but that was really – and I, I look back and I, I try not to have too many regrets. I think that was – in terms of parenting, that was a mistake. It was odd when Ian and I, after our kids were off in college, and Ian and I would take a vacation together, it felt weird to not bring them. I almost felt guilty. <laughs> oh and then even, even when we went on the cruise, there was a part of me that was like, I wonder if the kids resent that we didn't invite them. <laughs> They're practically 30. 30. They are 30 and 28. And so that's such a strange thing. And I know that about myself. And I remember, like, I have such a strong memory of, I think I had to fly up to St. Paul. We were living in Atlanta and I had to fly up to St. Paul to go do some things on the new house we had bought in St. Paul. And so that meant Ian and the boys were staying behind. And I can remember this so vividly, Elizabeth, because I went and the kids had to be like, 10 and 8, maybe 8 and 6. I can't really remember their ages. But I left and the three of them 
had the time of their life without oh, me. Yeah. It was like a man's weekend and it was all steak, all Simpsons, all the time. And I remember getting stinky in there. And, yeah. And I remember coming back and they were all so happy. And my sort of revelation to myself was I'm too much in the mix all of the time. Mm. Like sometimes I don't need to – it doesn't have to be the four of us all the time. It mm-hmm. benefits the kids for it to not be the four of us all the time. Yeah. So I just – but I I also though spent a lot of years when they were younger too, not as babies, but I was freelance. And so I would leave for work and that was always really hard for me. Is well, I and if you're for leaving work. for work, then it's kind of hard to feel – like I think if I traveled for work, which I used to travel probably – I don't know, four times a year for work. It was not very much. But then I would probably feel worse about leaving for fun if I was already leaving for work. I mean, that really is difficult. And as far as your relationships, Marjorie, like with your girlfriends, you also have to give yourself a little bit of credit that it's easier to stay in touch with people now. Like my college girlfriends, you know, we graduated from college in 2003, okay? And everybody went all over the country. I mean, I went to school at University of Wisconsin. So people who go to like small private schools in the Twin Cities, they tend to stay in the Twin Cities, which is fun. So then they've got all their friends, right. like all my friends who went to St. Thomas here, all their friends are still here. And um, and so they all get together. Well, my friends are all over the country. Right. So it became pretty clear early on that if I was going to have these relationships continue, I was going to have to commit. And I committed, I had a big crew of people who moved to San Diego and I committed that I was going to go to San Diego every year, no matter what. And I oh, just had to great. figure I had to figure out the money. And I probably put it on a credit card sometimes. It was probably really irresponsible. <laughs> but you know, I would go there and the same thing. They would pick me up. I'd stay at their places for free. We would right. like, you know, we would do things cheap. We would just like I would just have to figure out how to get the flight and I would like look for the cheapest flight and take some sort of inappropriate red eye or something just to get right, it cheap. Right. But that that relation that that part of it, that was a commitment. But there was also always texting. Everybody had cell phones. It was always texting after that like it's easier to keep in touch with your friends when you can just like send them a funny quick message or like I thought of you with this article and not have to like call them and leave a message on their answering machine that's sort of one of the joys of technology is that you are able to maintain long distance relationships I think a lot better I think so too I mean certainly but that doesn't mean that I do that I was trying to help you. I was trying to give you a shovel, and then you just threw it back out of the hole. I have a very dear friend in Connecticut who we may talk like every three years, and very dear friend. (laughs) That is is so quite a low maintenance friendship. Oh, she's wonderful. All my all my closest friends are that way. It's, I mean, that's it's. And so the other night it was Saturday, and. I was just like, oh, I just need to, I just need to call her. I talked to her about seven months ago and her son was getting married. I'm like, you know, I just need to talk to her because she makes me so happy. So I, I called her and of course she's super social. So I called her and right away she texted me back. She's like, I'm at dinner. Is it urgent? I can leave dinner if you need me right now. I'm like, oh no, gosh, no, 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 so no. Like, because she's thinking Marjorie only calls me every three years. So someone's got to be dead. The only way she's exactly. calling me is if someone's dead. Exactly. I'm like, no, 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 no. I was just thinking about you. That's all. I was just thinking about you. Oh, that's but, sweet. But you're right. I mean, and I'm trying to be better at that because it is so easy. And these are people, and it's funny now too that the kids are 
have been gone for a long time. I act like they just left yesterday. But my life is finally settling down. I live in the same city with my husband. I sort of have the brain space to sort of really look forward. And I think everything that's gone on with my mom is I also realized like those friendships that I have, I have to cherish those yeah. because now those are really important. Those are really – not that they weren't before, but I just never had the brain space between work and the kids and, you know, moving around and all of that stuff. And so I feel like I want to, yes, text my friends more, <laughs> do the I things know. that would make that connection deeper. But those are special. But I, I, I have loved that about you and I love that about you that you prioritize that idea of – Yes, I can leave the kids for three days because it is effort. That's the other thing is that no, you is. actually take the effort yeah. because those friendships matter to you and because it's fun. I mean, it's just it's just because it's fun. And it's I think so that's really fun. healthy. It is. I think you're right. It is the most fun. And it is um, – I, I find it to be – it's fun. I think – you know I'm a big believer in staying at people's homes or like if you're going to go on a trip with friends to stay in an Airbnb. Right. Because to me, the best way to spend time and to get to know each other and to just like have those really great conversations and to sort of take in other people's life experiences and then be able to learn from that. I think those those to me, the best conversations happen when everybody's still in their jammies, just having coffee together yeah. in the morning yep. or like Emily and I did on her patio every morning and we sat out there or after you get home from dinner and everyone gets in their jammies and in their slippers and you are just hanging out and you're having a drink and you're just chatting and you have the best conversations that way. And I love like a good girl's dinner. I lo- I'm going to go meet a girlfriend for dinner tonight. Like all those things I think are so great. But there is something where it's like when you've just got jammies on and your slippers and your or your hair's a mess in the morning, that that's when people can really, truly just connect with each other. And, you know, we've talked about this, like when you came and stayed with us mm-hmm. and I loved it so much. And I like always love just that time of spending time together. Steve Patterson, my former TCL co-host, this is his living nightmare. He hates, he would never stay at someone's house ever. He hates it. <laughs> He's like, the last thing I ever want to see is somebody that I am friends with, like coming, I don't want to see what they look like before they've had coffee. He's like, I hate this. I hate it all. It's so funny. And oh, I, oh nice. gosh. And he has such bad boundaries in so many areas of life, but not, it's really a weird boundary with this. And it's so funny. You should, you should invite him over. Oh, I've invited like a, him many times for like, like when, a slumber party. Yeah. Weekend. When there's been like a snowstorm or something, I'm like, you, right. should, you should just stay at our house. We've got a third floor. Just come and stay. It's a beautiful guest room. You've stayed here, Marjorie. It's, it's lovely. wonderful. It's yeah. wonderful. And he's like, oh my gosh, never. <laughs> I would never do that. Um, but we, you know, we do that everywhere we go. Like our best friends in California, we always go and stay at their With house. Them. I'll tell you, my best friend, Tanya, who's been on the podcast before, Right. And the funniest story about that was when she decided for the first time she wasn't going to come back to Minnesota for Christmas. And this was like a really difficult decision, but she had little kids, you know, she still has little oh, kids. Yeah. And she just wanted to have like their own memories at their house and she didn't want to be traveling and all this stuff. And I was it's hard, but, but she was feeling so sad that she wasn't going to see, you know, everyone and then us. And I said, Tanya, if you stay, we will come in January. So like, if you don't want to do Christmas here, it's no problem. We will get on a plane and we'll come to San Diego in January and it'll be perfect. And by that time, we both had two kids 
And they had a really lovely house in North Park in San Diego, but it was only three bedrooms. It was just like a little, it was a very nice house, but it was, you know, wasn't it's giant. San Diego. It's California. And yeah, I know. It wasn't giant. And so there wasn't really going to be room for us and so for all four of us. And so I said, it's, this is, I'm going to find an Airbnb. I'll find an Airbnb right by your house and we will, and we'll stay there and, you know, it'll, and maybe we can find a babysitter, like get one of your babysitters to come over and stay with our kids and whatever. And we'll go do some stuff. And, and then the next time I talked to Tanya, she was like, we're moving. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? And she's like, you can't, you're not staying in an Airbnb. We're getting a bigger house. And oh they gosh. moved and they literally moved and we were there the week they moved in. There were still boxes. I was like helping her arrange Okay, that's dining friendship. room accessories. This is so friendship because it was, that's how important those visits are to us. That right. it's not just about like getting together. It's about having our families know each other and our kids, you know, hang out in their jammies together and having them have that bond. And I think some of this is because I've talked about this before that my parents had no friends. My parents literally had no friends when I was growing up. Like, I they love didn't it when have- you. I love no when friends. you say this on the podcast, like just for the world to know. They had no friends. Zero friends. Because my dad was a pastor yeah, and they were both tricky. transplants. And Minnesota is a difficult place to make friends when you're a transplant. It just yeah. is because everyone's like, oh, where'd you go to high school? Oh, not St. Louis Park. Okay. We're not interested in being friends. You know, right. there's a, there's a little bit of like that Minnesota nice iciness thing. And then there's also, my dad was a pastor and you don't make friends when you're a lot of people like make friends through their church community and that doesn't happen when you're the pastor of the church, particularly at like a pretty conservative church that my dad was at that kind of had that sort of like some of those sort of old school values, big time Um, boundaries, big time boundaries. And people have a hard time like letting their hair down. Like no one wants to like go out for drinks with their pastor because they think that that's inappropriate. And so they're going to get judged. So they didn't have any friends. And yeah, and that I think was not great for them. And so we really prioritize our friendships. And then I also have this understanding that friendships like evolve and change. You know, Emily, for example, has been gone from the show for three years and I certainly don't talk to her all the time. And we kind of go through phases where we talk regularly and then we don't. And then and I, I like love to accept that there can be seasons where you're super close with someone, then maybe you're not as close with them for the next right. year or so. And then you come back together. And I think those are really beautiful friendships. It's like well, not and, every and friendship requires a weekly phone call. No. And I think too, that that's something as I've gotten older, that I really realize how important some of those, my the, the friendships that I've had for a very long time have just sort of grown more and more important important to me as I get older. And I mean, I've told this story before too on the podcast, so sorry we're repeating ourselves, but it- Well, maybe we have new listeners. Welcome. (laughs) Yes, it plays out. Is that was one of the first things when I went into therapy at 48. And my therapist said, so like, who do you share things with? Yeah, this is a good one, Marjorie. And I was like, nobody. I'm super private. And he's like, girlfriends? Nope. I mean, I had friends. I did. But it wasn't like – there was nobody that I would have ever called to say, oh, my God, I just got in a big fight with you know my husband or, oh, yeah. my God, my kids are doing this. There's yeah. nobody that I would have done that with, not even my sisters. And so my world in terms of really sort of intimate connection was really my husband. And and that was the one thing he was saying is like you, you've got to break that. 
I mean, the fact that you two are very close, that's great. But if you guys are out of sync, no wonder you might feel lonely. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's that was the thing that I think nurturing. And I think when we're talking about taking off or leaving your family for the weekend, what I love about what you do is – you're not just going off to Vegas to gamble and drink and smoke. That's no. not what you're doing. No, you I would never are, smoke. Yes, just the <laughs> drinking part. You're not going to Vegas to drink. But I think that that's what's really key is that whenever you go somewhere, and I just think it's wonderful modeling for Jay, it's wonderful modeling for your own kids, is that idea of you're going off and you're nurturing a friendship and you're creating lasting relationships and memories with people outside your immediate family. Yeah. Which, as you get older, you even in the, I think those got lost for me in the busyness of work and kids and marriage. I think that the importance of those got lost, and that's essentially what my therapist was telling me is like you need to have those and coincidentally, at that time, you and I started doing the radio show together, oh yeah, and so it was like, oh, this is what like a a a really good girlfriend relationship feels like Mm -hmm. and we were just getting paid to have it it was fabulous (laughs) no it was really great I know you're totally right and you just kind of never know I think that's the beauty of of particularly like female friendships is I think when you don't really you don't really know when a new friend is going to pop up and when you might connect with someone and it doesn't mean that again it doesn't mean that it has to be this like you know, you'd have to do a podcast together, although we really enjoy doing the podcast <laughs> together. Yeah. Um, but you don't have – it's – old friends are really wonderful. But I think accepting different friends at different times for different purposes is just such a beautiful thing too. It's a gift. But I, I did have a question for you in terms of – so when you leave, how yeah. many days were you gone? I was gone for – well, t- like three and a half days. I left Thursday afternoon and I came back early Sunday evening. So I saw the kids off on Thursday and was able to get some stuff done. And then Jay and the kids picked me up at the airport on on Sunday. And so do you have to fold in extra help or does Jay and then sort of the normal babysitters just so handle So we have everything? like the standard help. We have – because, you know, we have an after school – we have two after school nannies now. So they alternate right. days. We don't have them on the same day. Although how luxurious would that be? <laughs> I'm not above that at this point. We open the floodgates for help, everyone, right here on this very podcast, Best to the Nest. I have a nanny for each of my children. For each of my children. Um, And then one for me as well. But I – so we had kind of the standard help. And then Jay reached out to his dad about coming over for a couple of hours. He had one plan with the big kids and then it didn't work out. So then he was out for a little bit. And then – and then he also planned to go over to our friends, some of our friends who have kids, too. He went over to their house with our kids on Sunday afternoon before they came to get me. Oh, that's And great. so he kind of planned that that sort of stuff. Now, I did leave a lot of food stuff. I will say that in, Jay's a little bit at a disadvantage because we have kids with allergies. And so there's always a little bit of like, wait a second, is this okay to feed right. this person? You know, so that gets right. – a little bit tricky. So there's always questions there. And he did, he grocery shopped and we did like a list together of stuff to get delivered right. um, so that he knew that they had food and, and what to do. Does he ever resent if you leave? Is there any sort of resentment? No, or? no, he doesn't. No. 
because he traveled so much. Or just, yeah, because he had just been gone for nine days. Like, he had a hunting trip and a golf trip back to back. Me okay. being gone for three nights was like child's play. And he yeah, did right. say he did. I'll tell you. I hope you can't hear me. I'll just whisper this. But he okay. did say before I was leaving, he was like, Are, don't you think you could come back a little earlier on Sunday? And I was like, okay. So I said, I'm going to need you to rewind what just happened there. And I'm going to need you to take what you just said back and not say that thing at all. And he was like, well, I just meant like, you're not probably going to do anything. I said, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to sleep in and then I'm going to have a nice luxurious coffee. And then I'm going to travel by myself and that's what I'm going to do. So again, I'm going to need you to rewind what you just did and then just rewind it and then never say that again. Frick. People hear what I'm working with here. Unbelievable. That's awesome. That was the conversation that we had. I do like just rewind. Just I'm going to need rewind. you to rewind. And then and I'll like, be able to see forget that, that. See that stupid thought that you had that came out of your stupid mouth. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> was a stupid Whoopsie. thought. Whoopsie. Whoopsie. Stupid thought. And then you don't have to say everything you think. Exactly. Okay. Another question. Do the children in any way make you pay for it because you were gone? They cry. I mean, they're sad. They're definitely more sad when I'm gone than they are when Jay's gone. That's just the truth of the matter. I'm their mother. I birthed to them. They love me more than they love him. We were just talking about this. They just are going to love me. And I, you know, I nurse them forever. Like they're just right. deeply connected to me as their home. Like their home is right. not the same without me. And I'd also realized just because of how things had been going with like the holidays and COVID continuing and all this stuff that I really hadn't been out very much. Right. I, I Like I just have, I've had very few evening commitments, which I really like. And Jay has happened to have had a lot of evening commitments, which is just how things have gone with him. Right. And so I hadn't been gone for bedtime in a while. And I was kind of like, whoa. So the first night when they got home and Jay was trying to cook them dinner and it was taking longer than he thought. And he was like, how do you do this every night? And I was like, I just do yes. it every night. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> And then they were FaceTiming me crying. That always is also like sort of towards, you know, the dynamic of our house. Like our weeks are busy. So towards the end of the week, they they have like a little, they're yeah. quicker to melt on yeah. like a Thursday than they are on a Monday. Right. And, and so, no. And then when I got home, they were just so excited and I brought them little gifts and they were so happy and they. Do you ever feel guilty? No. Good. No. That's good. No. I miss them. Do you but really? I do not feel guilty. Yeah, I do it because I love them. Like I just, they're cuddly babies. They're so sweet. But I, I don't to, feel I guilty at all, I... particularly not with Jay, about Jay. Like he right. can, he needs to do this and can do it and should do it. And I do way more than him. So yeah. When I used to travel for business and it was only, I think that went on for like a year. It was just a year and it wasn't even a full year. So, I mean, maybe it was like 15 weeks, you know, cause I was freelance. So it was project to project. But when I would travel, I had my own hotel apartment yeah, that's in, great. in Chicago. And so I would fly in on a Monday morning and I would fly out on a Friday. It's super busy during the week. And I have to say, I don't think I really missed, like I, <laughs> like I don't, like I don't, like I don't remember sitting and going, oh, I mean, I'm sure I did. Doesn't that sound cold and horrible? No, 
It just I mean, is like a coping mechanism. I mean, maybe. Yeah. What do you do? You want to sit there and like cry and miss them? I mean, I'm sure you did. And I'm sure when you got back, there was like a pang of like, oh man, I missed all those days. But you were also doing just like a trade-off, like a concentrated trade-off. Yeah. You know, yeah. I have moments like I've talked about here where I'll have where I will have guilt because I think if I wasn't so busy, I wouldn't right. have missed this thing or right. I would have made this better. And right. I would have and and frankly, I would have enjoyed this part of my life more if I wasn't so busy. I think that all the time. Right. Yeah, that's probably I mean, there's there's a certain element of everything when you're working outside of the home and how you order your life to be able to do that to feel like it's going to work. It's a constant trade off. Yeah. I mean, everybody's situation is so different and how you sort of mentally cope with that, I think, is different too. It also, you know, and then I was just at my sister's house yesterday. I met my new niece, Cece, Cecily. She's so sweet. She's just a wonderful snuggle and I love her so much. You know, she was born in the hospital lobby because my sister didn't make it to the delivery room fast enough and she gave birth in the lobby. True, 100% true story. This happened less than two weeks ago. Oh, please tell me she gets a discount. I would hope so because she did not use a delivery room. She was on a wheelchair and then that's what happened. But Oh my God. I know it's crazy. Everybody's okay? Yeah, everyone was fine. Everyone was fine. It just, her labor went from like zero to 60, like really fast. And then they didn't make it to the room. So (laughs) it's very funny, but it's funny because it went great, but it was, it's still funny. So, you know, she's home with her 19-month-old and this newborn baby. And I was saying to her, I was just like, I don't know how you're doing this. I mean, she's got this new baby and her husband is working. Right. And, and, you know, has a family business. So it's not like he can just be like, oh, I'm taking my four-month paternity leave. Like, he doesn't have that. And so he is going to, you know, he's going to work. And I... It's like however other people do things, you're going, man, I don't know how you do that. Like at least when I was home on maternity leave, I would send my kids to daycare. Right. Now Heathcliff was a little bit of an exception because Bernie was in kindergarten and the world had shut down. So I was like managing that. But but like when Frankie was born, I would send Bernie to daycare and I would just like nap and rest and recover with the newborn. You know, she's got a 19-month-old to chase around while she's got this newborn. And I'm going – man, my situation was easier than that. You know, it's just like you look at everybody and everyone's got it different and everyone, I think the main thing is you just have to always be looking carefully at like, what's your biggest struggle and how can you take the edge off of that a little bit, which makes me think, you know, brings me back to this trip. And I think my favorite thing about going on trips, whether it's as a family, as it with Jay or by myself or with my friends is always it's that little pause and the break in the daily routine and then yeah. the ability to come back and go, boy, what do I want a little bit more space for? Like, right. what do I want to have a little bit more room for? What did I love about the sort of intentional time I had on that trip and how could I incorporate little bits of that when I come back? And that's sort of what I've been thinking about as I came back. And it has definitely been another reminder that like, I've got to figure out how to slow down more and then figuring out that prioritizing some of like the mini things that make me feel like a little bit, um, like more solitude, more just kind of thinking more resting more like focusing on myself that those things are so important to integrate into my daily life at home. Yeah, more quiet. 
That was always the yeah. thing for me. That's it's more quiet. That's why I sit in that wooden box, my sauna. The best <laughs> thing we ever purchased. I like when you just call it the wooden box. It sounds like a sort like of a, a medieval coffin. punishment. It sounds but, like yes. a coffin. It sounds like I just yeah. get right into my casket. I lay there and I think about, you know, the afterlife. <laughs> well, I used to joke. I mean, there was a in my 40s, I was so tired. I was kind of sick. I had gone through some stuff and I was kind of sick and I was just super tired. And I remember thinking once like a prison cell sounded like a good idea. You said this on the radio and you would talk about this and you were like, it'd be great. I would just read all the books that I wanted and I would never have to cook and they would just bring me food and a prison cell would be like a nice vacation. And everyone on the radio was like, this, you are high. This is insane. This is insanity. It was just not a sign. I was not well. I was not well. I was very tired. But I mean, that it is distorted thinking. Like when you get so tired and you just don't see a way out of the fatigue, you know, know. the way out was actually to just get healthy. But I didn't realize that at the time. But it, it, it but is it, so. Yeah. And what you're craving, what you were craving was not having to do anything for anybody but yourself. Yeah. And just like simplicity. Simplicity. And, um, and then just just taking away decision-making. And I mean, a prison cell is clearly going way too far. This is going way too far. (laughs) Do you think? But still, it was still like, but I get the point because I've had, you know, it's the same thing that I have fantasized about before as we've talked about. It's just like when I start to feel super overwhelmed and I know I'm not alone because Best to the Nesters emailed me and told me that I'm not alone. Right. When you think like, I just want to get in the car and drive away from yeah. everything, but yeah. then you know that they would track you through your credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> Were it not for that. <laughs> Were it not for that. I mean, Were in the olden days, you could totally, like, swing it. That's right. I know. I know. Listen, it's good to get away, though. It's good to, like, get away a little bit and take a little breather. And anything you can do, even if it's, you know, I talked about that staycation that my mom and my sisters and I did for one night at a hotel. I mean, yeah, it's, great it's just even, and I will tell you, I feel the same amount of restoration from that as I did from this trip to Florida. I think it's just breaking the routine, spending some quality time with women who you really love and respect and admire. It makes you feel less alone in this whole motherhood, you know, journey. And, um, and it makes you appreciate more what you have. Totally does. And I think coming up, we'll be talking about, there was just a piece in the Wall Street Journal, I think, last week about why mothers are so lonely right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I do think there's, that seemed a little heavy for today, but I we may get back to that because I think there's, and, and that's why I think talking about the trip is really important is you do have to protect those those things that make you feel tethered in a good way and connected and happy. Those yeah. are so important to not yeah. to not let those get lost. You're totally right. You are right. What a fun little episode, Marjorie Punnett. There you go. I like it very much. Listen, if uh, you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a review at Apple Podcasts. Just hit like a little five star. It's really nice. Apparently, it does something to encourage other people to listen. We don't really know what because we're not podcast experts, but it does something. But we like reading nice words. And Mm -hmm. Andy, this may be one of my favorite reviews of all time. She said, love, exclamation point. I deeply connect with the premise of the show and love the weekly conversation and reminders that I'm not alone in my struggle to bring my best to the nest. I've shared the podcast with many friends, but it was the bananas in the stocking story 
that really prompted reading and writing this review. You are appreciated. It's the bananas. Oh my gosh. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.